0: Today, I'm speaking with Andrew Lemon, founder and chief revenue officer at Strength by Numbers. They're an innovative provider for the AXIT objective force plate and dynamometer solution for healthcare professionals. In this first part of the interview, Andrew speaks with me about his journey as an osteopath and his dreams of being a problem solver coming together to produce the health tech startup called Strength by Numbers, and in particular, building the AXIT clinical hardware and customer success engagement model. We discuss focusing on customer success, becoming a health tech startup, and how objective force plate and handheld dynamometers offer benefits to clients and healthcare businesses in turn. Let's jump in. Well, hey there, Andrew. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, Yanni. Going very well, thank you. Thank you very much for uh, inviting me on the show. It's
0: an absolute pleasure. I've been uh, looking forward to catching up with you um, and talking a little bit more about a, a variety of things, actually, because... You're quite exciting in your story because you're uh, um, obviously a health professional, uh, but you've also had a bit of a journey into a health tech startup, which will be the main thing we talk about today uh, in Strength by Numbers and the Axet um, hardware uh, that you will tell us all about. Um, but I was, I, th- I thought I'd kick off with a con- maybe an unusual question. But you, I noticed that you describe yourself as a customer success savant, and I had to find out. Where did this come from? Because um, I'm, I'm, I really get, I think, what you're trying to say, but it might be an opportunity for you to tell us um, why you describe yourself that way.
1: It's that's a good question to start off with, Yanni. No, that's for sure. Look, I mean, I think for me, right, uh, customer success, regardless of what we do, is. Really, um, you know, the, the be all and end all as to, to why we get into business and why we kind of uh, solve the problems that we solve. So, uh, I guess though, where it kind of comes from, and and I'm sure you know anyone who is involved in the tech space probably understands and appreciates um, how important that idea of customer success has become in recent times. Uh, you know, it, it's something that we probably always apply as health professionals and and certainly from my background as a health professional you know always trying to i guess uh help my patients help my clients achieve the greatest successes that they can achieve in their in their life whether that be from a uh you know a recovery standpoint a wellness standpoint their health and fitness journey um all those things and that's also then just fully translated now into my role i guess um from a technology standpoint where you know obviously we're we're now Doing things a bit differently. We're um, now helping patients and clients by, I guess, providing the tools and the technology for other health professionals to hopefully. Uh, be able to have such you know big impacts on uh, on their patients, on their clients, but it all comes back to success at the end of the day, helping people get the best and get the most out of um, what they do. So it's been, uh, I guess, a real tenant in my career from start to finish, up until now, and it's certainly uh, certainly continuing.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I really connect with that. I'm, I'm a strong believer in it. I think, um, you know, my classic definition of a business uh, doesn't agree with a lot of CFOs. I, I tend to think of business being a small group of people that are helping a larger group of people achieve their goals. And so uh, customer success is absolutely critical to that because if you're not helping your customers succeed, then how much value are you really offering them? And I think that's an, a, a really good foundation for a business owner to be thinking about is how am I, how am I helping my customers succeed? What are their goals and what role do I play in helping them Achieve those goals, and if I can offer that, going to be valued. That's going to help me with all my own uh, personal business goals as well. So it's uh, strongly correlated.
1: That's it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes back to this idea of, as well. You know, uh, we've got sales, we've got support, but at the end of the day, it's all coming into that one kind of concept of uh, of success. It doesn't matter what, kind of what we're doing in what roles we uh, what roles we provide. One
0: hundred percent. One hundred percent. So. Um I suppose uh give us a um a short synopsis on your healthcare experience um what are you doing what are you expert in and uh, how long you've been doing it and then we'll sort of get into the motivation to become a health tech startup guy
1: it's I mean it's funny right because it seems a long time ago now that uh I guess I was, you know, attending university, starting to become an osteopath, actually. Uh, that's my background. That's my um history in in healthcare. And certainly it was, you know, the, the type of thing I guess I got into it because I always wanted to be a bit of a problem solver when it came to uh, people's health and well-being. Always had a, a real interest, I guess, in um, you know, the, the human body. Why do some people get injured doing one thing and why do other people, you know, not get injured doing the exact same thing? It seems like we've all got kind of different stories and um and different kind of things that happened to us, I guess, uh, along that kind of journey. Now, uh, of course, went to university, studied for a long period of time, uh, kind of got my skills as a as an osteopath, and started my first uh, job in you know a local grassroots clinic, like a lot of us uh, kind of tended to do. But unfortunately, probably found very quickly that my uh, I guess my dreams of being a problem solver, maybe uh, you know the the reality of kind of the everyday in, in the clinical. Wasn't quite playing out the way in which I I hoped, which uh, you know I tended to find uh, I was getting stuck in a rut very early of probably looking at my patients, my clients all you know in a fairly similar way, doing a lot of the same assessments, doing a lot of the same kind of treatments, looking after people in the same way, just kind of getting them in and out through the door, which um, was was a little bit disappointing because you know I mean I'd kind of set myself up. Uh, you know, with big aspirations and big dreams to be, you know, this world famous kind of practitioner that, you know, people would look to and and things like that. And it was kind of seeming like uh I guess the uh the every days of of running a uh, a healthcare business or being part of one were, were not gonna kind of play out in the way in which I I'd aspired to. And so uh I guess that kind of led me on a little bit of a journey in in terms of it was like, uh, I guess, how can I get back to those roots of, of wanting to be a problem solver? Now, there's a lot of things that happened in between uh, kind of now and and then, you, you know, kind of um, flurries into uh, kind of doing further study and further uh, research, I, I guess, overseas. I was uh, a, a clinic owner myself for, for a long period of time, you know, trying to apply maybe some different models and, and different things like that. Did uh, a bit of teaching, uh, you know, and kind of had a... Um, uh, or was involved in a, uh, a teaching organisation as well. Um, you know, looking at how we can start to use maybe better and uh, more objective assessment techniques in clinical practice, and now finally have kind of settled in, as you said, as uh, as part of a health tech startup, looking to to try and apply that, um, utilising modern technology and software uh, products. I, I guess once again, to, to to make it easier for for the everyday health and fitness professional that grassroots community fitness uh, or health professional that I used to be, uh, you know, providing the tools and equipment that I guess I wish I had have had when I first kind of uh, got into my own practice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I um, Were you finding um, through that kind of professional that, uh, stage in your life um, as a health clinic, that uh, as a health clinician, sorry, that you were... Kind of becoming aware of um, some of the academic literature around objective measures and how that would actually fit into practice, Um, but not really seeing anything materialise out in the field, Um, uh, because that was certainly something I was observing back in 99, 2000 when... Um, there seemed to have been quite a quite an established um, flurry of academic activity around um, uh, outcome measures and uh, the benefits um, was that has, was that sort of consistent with your journey sort of moving from the um, educational stage of your career into practice and, and running your clinic um, that kind of brings you to this point where you're sort of saying look there's a problem here we we, we could do better with our clients but we just don't have the tools to do it is that, is that kind of the background?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good way to to sum it up, there, Yanni. I mean, uh, if you've worked in clinical practice and uh, you know you, you're aware of the research and and the things that go on into, I guess, trying to uncover, you know, what are some of those best practices? What are the gold standards of the way in which we deliver uh, healthcare and and I guess kind of assess the effectiveness of what we do? Uh, you'll know, uh, you know, very quickly that it, it's unfortunate that the stuff that goes on in research takes a very very long time for it to trickle down uh, into the clinical practice and the day-to-day that, that we see now there are probably many reasons for this and and you know uh, I guess part of it is just uh, the awareness and the education side for uh, practitioners particularly once they kind of exit their um, their studies and things like that and uh, and how do they kind of keep up to date but I think one of the other big problems is what applies in the research setting, doesn't necessarily apply or, or is applicable uh, in the everyday clinical setting because they're just very, very different. You know, I mean, the everyday or the everyday clinician uh, has a short amount of time to do a lot of things with the patient and client. Make sure that they try and achieve success, as we talked about uh, at the start with with that um, individual that they're working with. And so, I think there is this room, this opportunity for, I guess, uh, you know, the uh, yeah, the development and the application of new tools and technologies in particular to try and, I guess, leverage uh, some of that and certainly take what is being done, uh, you know, maybe in that research setting, maybe in that high-performance setting and then start to make it in a way that is more applicable to that everyday health and fitness professional. And that's certainly something that, you know, with uh, what we're doing at Strength by Numbers and with our product, Axit, We're really looking at, I guess, trying to take these things, these tools, these applications of uh, objective assessments, objective tests that have been performed for a long period of time, but make them more usable for uh, those everyday uh, practitioners in particular.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's really great, and it's um it's good to see uh, an Australian innovating um, in that particular area. Well, um, I guess as a precursor now to talk about the startup and and when you know your journey through that and 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 uh, the actual um, technology that you've developed. Um, was there nothing in the market or did, did, were there some tools in the market but they just were deficient in some way? Um, how did you go when you were sort of scanning around and thinking, oh, I think there's some problems to solve here that I could actually do something about? Um, but what was the landscape looking like? How, what was the gap from your point of view?
1: Yeah, well, the I mean, the reason why we decided to get involved was, uh, like a lot of things that I've done um, in my career, it's, it's kind of the type of thing I, I wanted one. And there wasn't one. So we had to go out and, and of course, kind of do it ourselves. Um, and where this kind of applied was when we were in clinical practice, certainly we developed, I guess, our clinical practice, particularly around this idea of assessment being a real cornerstone and a foundation on how we delivered our services. So, uh, you know... Uh, our patients, our clients, they would present, obviously, um, with some type of uh, pain or sensitivity. Mm. They're, they're, you know, uncomfortable. They're, they're not feeling uh, great. You know, that they're a bit banged up. We would then, of course, kind of deliver our services to try and help reduce their pain, reduce their sensitivity, get them feeling better. But then there was this, uh, I guess, this kind of process of how do we then engage our clients better into the more active-based care that we needed to deliver i think you know a lot of us particularly who are in uh, the healthcare profession would acknowledge that we do uh, we know now that you know for a lot of our patients and clients for them to actually achieve some of those goals that they want to achieve there's probably some things that they need to do they need to you know, maybe develop uh, some healthy habits in terms of their exercise programming and things like that to help address some of their limitations or, you know, make some, um, I guess, some healthy changes in their lifestyle and things along those lines. Now, the big issue there is often there's this disconnect between the, the i guess the the treatment side of what we do you know the the um, the things that we do to help people feel better and then trying to engage them into those uh, i guess healthy habits those ongoing exercise programs uh, whether that be from a rehabilitation standpoint or just from their overall general wellness and so a really thorough assessment a really comprehensive assessment was our way of trying to bridge that gap because what we found was if we could uh perform that comprehensive assessment, set the baseline in terms of where this client was at right now, identify potential deficiencies in their strength, in the way in which they move, maybe some imbalances or, or things along those lines. Number one, really helped us with the explanation and the educational part of what we were doing. So we were able to uh, you know better engage and help that client or that patient understand what was going on better for them. And then from there as well, because we've got this baseline score that we can work with, our ongoing exercise-based management, we had something to refer back to. So when we caught up again or when we reviewed, I guess, the effectiveness of those exercises, say, four, six weeks down the line, we could show that 30 40% improvement that that patient or client had um, achieved, which was a really motivational Uh, I guess, point in time, particularly for that individual, particularly for people who they may have never ever really done any exercise before or they may have never really um, stuck to a plan or a program before, to be able to show them an incredible improvement, that was a real fist-pump moment as we used to say, you know, everyone was high-fiving, everyone was excited by it, but what that meant was that that was often, I guess, the catalyst to really engage that client even further down the line. Keep them motivated, keep them on the plan beyond just, you know, those initial kind of few weeks. Make some actual meaningful change and have some impact on that individual for a long period of time. Now, coming back to the original part of your question there, Yanni, it was, uh, I guess, wasn't there anything else out there that did this? Now, there were tools, there were technologies that were available, but the problem that we identified was that they weren't developed for everyday health and fitness professionals, as we like to describe. There were, uh, And there are, you know, equipments that are designed for high-performance sport. So if you're a million-dollar sports team, fantastic. But what we tend to define with those individuals is the, these are, or this is equipment that's designed for people who, they might work with 20 elite athletes and they have an entire year to you know work with them so they've got a lot of time to process information and be able to uh, make decisions and um, and utilize that equipment or the alternative was the equipment that was out there was designed more for that research setting which is great once again when you um, require uh, you know the highest level of accuracy and once again you're going to analyze data um, extensively for a long period of time after you know being able to utilize it and to collect some uh, some information on on some of your testing and things like that but once again didn't really apply to the everyday clinical setting where as we said it's uh, it's required that you can get this information quickly, analyse it quickly, help make uh, you know decisions quickly, all of those type of things. That's where AXIT really comes in. Designed, I guess, to be uh, super fast in terms of your ability to perform uh, strength and force-based tests. Uh, we've got uh, a few different pieces of equipment there that, that do some of that, but then also making it really intuitive and easy to understand and interpret the data uh, so that not only it can help an everyday practitioner make some better decisions, but also you can um, help engage your patients and your clients utilizing that as well, because it's easy for them to understand too.
0: Very good, mate. That's great. And um, now you've chosen to go with a a product brand name that comes from the lived experience of your profession and the corresponding, I guess, uh, musculoskeletal uh, parallel professions um, in that area. So um, tell us about uh, the, the branding strategy, why you've chosen these names. Um, and cause you've got a number of other really simple, intuitive, uh, uh sub brands that fit into the whole system. Um, and, uh, uh, that's really impressive actually, you know, to, uh, sort of nail the, the branding and the marketing around it, but what's exit and what falls within the exit system.
1: So I guess you know, starting at the top is strength by numbers as well. You know, being the um being the overall uh, business entity. And look, I mean, uh, the the choice on that is obviously uh you know the play on words, strength in numbers, strength by numbers, and certainly you know, I mean, for us it was about um I guess our identification that uh, utilizing objective uh or objectivity, particularly in um I guess. The, the health and fitness space where a lot of it has been subjective for a long period of time um, in the sense that, you know, uh, for, for many of us, I guess the, um, you know, the, the highest level of, uh, I guess, tracking of progression has often been the asking the client, how do you feel today? Um, which you know, for us, kind of seemed to be a uh, a little bit of a deficiency in our space and something that I think we we could improve on. But then, uh, of course, our, our first product is and and our main product is AXIT, which um, once again, for those who uh, are aware of uh, you know some of the the acronyms and the um and the shorthand uh, in the um the health and fitness space, AX standing for assess or assess it or AXIT as, uh, as we like to describe it now. Um, the the IT, the IT part then became a real, uh, I guess, a real focus for us in terms of um, how we continue with a lot of our, our further branding. And so AXIT itself is a system of products where we've then got three different pieces of hardware that fall underneath that. So we have what we call our two Stomp It, Force plates. Uh, so these are, um, you know, dual force plate systems, portable force plate systems. Probably the most portable force plate systems on the market today, in the terms of, uh, you know, being super low profile, lightweight, totally Bluetooth connected um, devices, which mean that they're really, really portable, able to be able to, uh, set up in almost any environment where you may want to assess uh, people performing movements mostly um, and particularly measuring, I guess, the vertical forces that are associated with those. So, for example, a lot of our users would be assessing things like squats and lunges on those type of devices, looking at the distribution of forces with such movements. They're also then looking at maybe more high-performance type movements as well, things like jumping technique, landing technique, and assessing the forces that are involved with those. So particularly important for anyone who is, working with a lot of sporting individuals. And then uh, also allowing the ability to per, uh, perform some of those tests that have been in the literature, in the research for a long period of time, particularly in the high performance space, uh, things like your isometric strength tests. So isometric mid pulls, isometric squats, which are really useful assessments of the maximum effort that someone can generate in some of those tests. But can be performed in a really safe and repeatable way so that's some of the advantages of being able to utilize some of that equipment from there we've also then got two uh, different dynamometer products that also integrate with uh, the force plates there and so we've got our push it which is our handheld dynamometer uh, uh, product it, it's designed to be a really quick and easy dynamometer so it's to be able to use so really designed to perform a lot of isolated Uh, handheld strength testing in particular. So dynamometry has been around for a long period of time, but once again, we've designed, uh, I guess, our equipment to be more modernized, it's a uh, it's a it's made of super robust uh, anodized aluminium, uh, so you know you can really abuse it, and it'll it always kind of uh, come up good. It's also um, got super long battery life. You know, usually a lot of our users are getting about a week's worth of uh, charge out of those devices, so they're always ready to go. But once again, it's um, it's able to then uh, transfer that information uh, to our software to be able to kind of analyse that. And then we've got our pullet, which is our tension-based dynamometer too, which really allows to perform isolated isometric strength testing in a a pure isometric way. Because one of the issues that sometimes individuals have kind of encountered, particularly working with larger muscle groups, doing dynamometry and and using that for strength testing has been the difficulty in performing the those isometric tests. So the, the pull-it is, is the one that's the uh, the best version for that. And all of these devices, as I said, are uh, totally integrated. So they're all communicating via Bluetooth and they communicate to our software, which uh, ran, runs off a uh, an Android smart device and allows then for um, the interpretation of all of that data, gives out all the relevant uh, information and metrics based on the testing that you perform. So you can analyze things like strength, Power looking at the performance of certain movements helps you to then track how uh, that individual has been going over time so you can see changes within session or maybe uh, you know over uh, multiple sessions over over an extended period of time and then helps streamline all the things that we need to be able to do as health and fitness professionals so things like our uh, reporting. So the ability to instantaneously generate uh, PDF reports that you can then share with the client, you can share with your third-party payers, you can uh, share with your referrers, as well as then being able to export that data and get it into the most important places. Things like getting it into the PMS system that uh, you know we all need to be able to do to um, to help with our kind of uh, compliance and and certainly track our notes and make sure we're looking after our clients as best we possibly can. So the ability to do that. In a very, very speedy way.
0: No, that's great, mate. So uh, so I guess for um, we, we probably should contextualize um, who generally could you know benefit from introducing these in the practices and, and then we can sort of move move into I guess having understood what it is and um, and and why it might be useful. Um, I want to kind of delve into the type of settings, especially, you know, you've touched on a little bit there around the PMS integration, and um, there's some of the work that we're doing to uh, achieve that goal. Um, but also I think at the end of the day, uh, there are health professionals just like you and business owners out there um, who are doing it the way they've always done it. So they're they're guessing it uh, and relying on their, um, uh, their uh, I guess, accrued experience to, you know, roughly get that right. So who are who are the people that you think would benefit from introducing the exit, um system into their clinics? Um, and if they're saying, "Why would I do that?" Because you know I'm running my business and I do it this way. Why would I? Why would I introduce this system
1: into the practice? So, the, as of, as I said earlier, you know the the main focus for us is everyday health and fitness professional. So if you're a community-based grassroots uh, physiotherapist, osteopath, chiropractor, or uh, potentially you're an exercise physiologist, you may be a local strength and conditioning coach or even you know run a Pilates studio. Everyone who works with individuals in which you are likely giving uh, some type of treatment, some type of training intervention, if you're not measuring the effectiveness of that, then AXIT is for you because it's designed to be, once again, a really uh, portable, easy to use, uh, totally integrated solution where because you have the the three different devices that all uh, can work together, there really is no patient or client type that you can see that you can't assess either because at the end of the day, everyone requires a certain level of strength and they require a certain level of uh, the ability to handle forces in their day-to-day life, it just depends on the individual on how much or exactly what they may need. So, for example, if I'm a semi-elite basketball player, if I'm just a, a local, uh, you know, uh, if I'm a, if I'm a, an elderly client or, or someone who still has, uh, you know, aspirations out in the garden, lifting and moving, you know, things around or just maintaining my mobility, I also have strength requirements too. I just don't have the same as that, uh, you know, higher level basketball player. So it's designed to work with all individuals in those spaces. But some key examples of ways in which I guess or specific use cases that our clients are using them. So particularly for our, um, you know, our physiotherapists wanting to, once again, identify uh, strength deficiencies or imbalances, Axit really is a great tool, really effective for being able to do that. Makes it really easy to quickly perform, uh, you know, a series of strength tests on a certain region or location. Compare from side to side. Uh, see visually whether or not there are any differences there, and then being able to instantly compare within the software as well. Your client. As a ratio of their uh, of their body weight, you know how how much uh, strength and force are they generating compare them to some of those pieces of research that we mentioned at the start as well that have been around for a period of time but it doesn't require you to know exactly kind of you know uh, what those results are because the application will show you uh, in comparison so it'll be able to show if your client is maybe uh, more deficient than maybe what they should be, um, based off some of that research that that has been out there. So that's one example that uh, a lot of our users may may kind of apply it to. It may they may also apply it to, uh, you know, some of those more sporting individuals looking at their performance. Do they have any deficiencies in their performance? Uh, are there? Uh, do they have room to improve in terms of? Um, you know, how uh, how powerful are they? How high can they jump? How, um you know, how are they performing with some of those kind of common uh, sporting and performance tests through there? So one of the great advantages of uh, those users who are using Axit to understand their clients objectively from a strength and performance standpoint is it also allows them to work with clients beyond just when they are Uh, potentially injured or in pain. So um, a lot of our users, because they have this data that they can work with with their client, they can work with those asymptomatic individuals. So it might be that client that they've seen, um, you know, through a rehab journey, they're now moving and performing well, but they're able to continually monitor and work with them because they're working off data, not asking the patient or the client, how they feel. So that's another important example of, um, of how our users are getting a lot of value then and being able to add a lot of value to their client's experience by having the data and the numbers to work with there.
0: What about industries such as um, disability or um, home care, aged care, uh, things of that nature? Uh, are there use cases for those types of settings as well?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, as we kind of mentioned before, once again, People require, everyone requires a certain element of strength, uh, you know, in the way in which they move. So having portable Bluetooth uh, devices that once again can be set up in almost any environment to be able to measure strength and the forces that are exert or tolerate. Uh, can be applied in any setting, including certainly a, a disability or an aged care setting. We've got many of our users who are working in those environments. And it's just adding a, an extra element of value, I think, to those services that they can provide because they can identify, I guess, um, you know, where there is room for improvement, where they can help enhance uh, those clients uh, in terms of their fitness and their wellbeing. And once again, I think... Uh, you know, One of the great things about this is that we're now at a stage where we can take technology and equipment that maybe was once only applicable in a high-performance setting or a research setting, and we can start to utilise it in services that... Previously, probably haven't had access to a lot of this, um, if if ever. Um, and so, certainly, you know, from a, a in the disability space and things like that, these are individuals that can be treated like high-performance athletes and still have access to uh, you know the amazing technology that is available. Um, and I think they deserve it as well. And the same for our um, our age care settings and things like that, just because uh, we've typically only seen this in a in a sporting setting doesn't mean that it only applies in those those settings as well I think it applies to everyone and that they all deserve to be treated like uh, you know uh, or treated with with the best um, equipment that's available
0: Next week, we pick up where we've left off with Andrew talking more about how AXIT can help health and fitness professionals provide higher levels of service options and support clients whilst increasing revenue in the process. Speak to you then. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Health Tech X, where we are working toward a world of integrated digital health empowerment for all people. If you'd like more info on how to get involved, head over to the website, healthtechx.com. Com.au. Or if you have any feedback about the show, you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Instagram, or email by following the links in this episode's show notes. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to Reimagining Healthcare in your podcast app. And if you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos, and I'll speak to you in our next episode.